It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely on Topic. It is, uh, sorry, I'm blanking out a little bit. Um, <laughs> a Boston Bruins podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. It would be nice if I actually wrote that down and, and, and practiced that, but I did not. So here we are. Uh, the second episode of season seven, seven Oh two. And we are here to talk about the Bruins and I am VA and I'm here with Jeff. Heidi ho. Tim. Hello. Hello. And a, uh, suit clad Nick Baggio. <laughs> you bespoke Nicholas. <laughs> Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> If he would had worn a hat, I would have thought he was Thurston Howell the Third. Ooh, I could wear a ball cap, but that's not really what the look. Is it? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> it's like so close yet so far. Yeah, <laughs> very lazy. Uh, I guess a costume here. That's okay. I have gone from like, ooh, I was going to wear a wig and, and like look kind of vaguely slutty tonight to I'll just throw on some makeup. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I had I bought this wig that's like big, big hair, pigtails and all this stuff. And I was like, I'm going to go to a drag show and I'm going to look all draggy. And then I went to, you know, the the week has worn on my I drove a lot yesterday. I'm very tired today. And I'm just like, nah, I'll throw on some makeup. It'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> I never really get in a Halloween costume. I love Halloween, but I don't, I, I just don't think about costumes and putting together costumes. And you would think I would, but my brain is kind of mushy lately. So I, I just can't think in that way. I mean, I could pull out a Medusa very quickly if I wanted to, but I don't really feel like being Medusa. So, and, and to be honest, I'm going to be around a lot of people who aren't going to give crap about what I, I look like. It's going to be dark and let's let the Queens be the stars. There yeah. we go. So that's fine. But I do love Halloween. So I got to, to go to the game last night, got to have some Halloween music. That was fun. Um, and uh, yeah, but we're not talking about last night's game. Other than the fact that, hey, yay, the Bruins won a game and defeated the Panthers at last. So, whoo, they they felled another undefeated team. Good for them. We're going to talk about a, a couple of other games that the listeners voted on. We got a whopping 13 votes. Oh, wow. I, I mean, I was pretty happy with the votes they chose. Those were the games that I wanted them to pick. Um <laughs> So I, I was pleased. I really enjoy having someone else have a say in this. This is fine. You know, we, you know, it, it, because we've already told you, like, there are some games we just don't, we'll watch them for fun or something, but we don't want to talk about them. That's fine. And so people responded. They were just like, hey, th to be honest, I think they probably picked the best two games to talk about because they were uh, a real test. Uh, each game was a test for the Bruins to see what they're made out of uh, this early in the season. So, uh, yeah, so that was really nice. And, uh, of course, the uh, listeners voted 
and the not overwhelming, but the the majority picked the uh, Panthers game in Florida and the uh, game against the Canes in Carolina, the back to backs. Nick happened to go to the Canes game. Yes. So he could probably tell us a little bit about that when we get to talking about it. But I, I think that they were the two games to show you what's going on with the Bruins. And yet I still have questions about them. So we'll get to those in a little bit. So uh, Panthers game was on Wednesday night. And uh, the Bruins did not defeat the Panthers that night. It was uh, they no, lost. like they absolutely ran the show in the first period. Oh my gosh, I know. 15 shots on goal to five. However, of course, the period also ended 1-1, right? Exactly. Nope, nope, it was tied 1-1 by the end of the first period. Right right towards the end of the period, and that's just like it was a sign of just not goodness to come. Yeah, I think Marshmont scored it. Yeah, you know, the funny thing is Marshmont, every time I hear his name, I keep thinking about how uh, when uh, Brad Marshand um came about here in boston uh people didn't know his name so they called him marshmont which... <laughs> I, I think about that too yeah. yeah yeah i was thinking that that game's like this is just unnecessarily confusing <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry mason you can't you got here seconds so you got to change your name to like i don't know brown yeah, so that was irritating that the Bruins worked so hard, could only get one goal. It just got absolutely stifled the rest of the game. Just, 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 just. Ugh. Well, yeah, yeah, okay. A big part of that was that I noticed that, first of all, Florida's really good at just like getting in the way. The players are yeah. always in the way. They're in. They're not necessarily in shooting lanes necessarily. It's like they just cluster around the net or they cluster on the This was an ob- observation I made in both games is both teams kind of negated – both them and the Canes did the exact same thing to Boston. And honestly, it reminds me of, oh, God, they were watching how Tampa uh, – the, the way Tampa lim- is exposed to Boston in recent seasons. Yeah. They, they choke out the center of the ice and then there's just nothing left. Right. And I also noticed in this first game, the Panthers were really physical. Like they were beating up on Patrice. Patrice had a, a not a great night on the dot uh, either. But uh, because like Barkov, like the two of them went head to head and Barkov was winning more of those. But they were just beating up on on uh, on Patrice and on Marshy. You know, very physical that night. Not as physical last night, but definitely the first game they were very physical. I guess we should mention that the 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 goal that came uh, from the Bruins was uh, Charlie Coyle, who is this week's hero, honestly, because honestly he's, he's been he's what he's uh, scored in one way or another in three consecutive games now, or not counting Florida, not counting Carolina, obviously three consecutive games in which Boston's actually scored anything. Right, <laughs> right, right. Nice, <laughs> nice way of describing that. <laughs> <laughs> really. Just as late as this, just piling those caveats on. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to. We don't want to um, surprise anybody about the the Carolina game. <laughs> There's a shocker in there. Charlie Coyle did not score in that game. Mm. Or did anyone else? <laughs> Damn it! You spilled the beans. 
Listeners, you has you had as many goals that game as the Bruins did. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, the coil goal was uh, was fun because it was just like he's behind the net and he just kind of flicks the puck back and it bounces off a couple skate blades of the uh, not skate blades um, um, stick blades of the Panthers and goes into the net and it's like. I mean, like, wonky deflections are kind of the story of the week, are they not? Oh yes, yes, they are, because that yeah. would come back to bite them, to in another instance. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that was that was fun to see that. I wish they could have done more, uh, but that was the, the only goal. Uh, so it was uh, Coyle and Studnika got, a, got an assist on that. So that that's fine. But you know what? You know what really irritates me about this game? I have seen... A fair amount of games of Sergei Bobrovsky play against the Bruins. And he has always been bad. <laughs> and even when he's been generally good, he's been bad. Not this not not, not that game. No, no, that game it was like, oh, I understand how you could be a Vesna a two time Vesna winner. I can understand that now. But any other game that you would see them, uh, Bobrovsky's just not that good. So it was frustrating to see it. It, it. You don't want to see Bob. Officer like Bob. A... <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to see him play like a $10 million player. Okay? No. You just, no. You know. uh, part of me wonders, too, because like, like you guys said, they absolutely outplayed them the first period, and it was only tied. Part of me wonders if the team gets discouraged, and then that leads on to their play through the next period or so. You know what I mean? Like, cause I mean, it's easy to, I know I would like, if it was me, I would get extremely discouraged, like throwing shot after shot and not, it, not going in. It, it on top of that, it, you come out, you play extremely well, you get one goal, but the other team on what on five shots gets one goal. So exactly. It, it's extremely discouraging. I relate it to warning. I'm about to mention something that happened in 2019. <gasps> Listeners, turn mm. away for the next five seconds. Mm. It's the Game 7, June 15th, 2019 effect. Bruins, you, you, you throw everything you got. You expect to win. You expect to dominate. And you don't. And it's it, it, you can still play well after that, but you're finishing. You're finishing moves. You're to, to kind of throw uh you're, you're, you're gripping the stick too gripping, too tight to use the gripping expression. the stick <laughs> yeah you start to get nervous when you get golden opportunities which then makes the opposing goalie look even better and it's a vicious cycle what game was that that you talked about which should which, i mention it again was it game seven you said yes yeah oh i didn't know there was a game past game five. Oh, you're right Nothing happened. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like that that series may was was basically a, you know they sure the Bruins won another game, but like you know after the the the, the phantom trip, well. <sighs> now, I, I I sit here right now and I look at the two thousand eight twenty, uh, I mean the the twenty eighteen nineteen team roster, the one that I have that's signed. It's like the picture. And I look at that all the time and I, I, you know, I think about players that are here and players that have gone and, and all of that. And 
My God, that was such a magical year. Uh, I I loved it so much. The stars aligned until Carrie, until Kelly fucking Sutherland just said no. <laughs> yeah, he said, I got game. Um, I miss Nolachari. I miss him so much. On a different note, June 15th, 2011, that was a good day. I got, I got no beef with that day. Yeah, June 15th, 2011 is a fantastic day. So, you know, mindset. When, it, when June 15th rolls around, you have four things to think about. You can think about 2011, 2019, um, uh, my ex-girlfriend's birthday, and I'm pretty sure one of our listeners has a birthday on that day as well, or one of our good friends. I forget which one of our, is it? She changed her birthday to August 29th. Okay. Okay. So never mind. Yeah. So like, you know, I understand. Let's not dwell on the past though. Let's talk about the, only the recent past, not the like, past past. Well, this, this podcast is going to be awkward. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I guess, do we have anything else to say about about Wednesday's game, I, the one thing I did want to point out is um, with the one goal and Stadnika got the assist on it. He did something that he did a lot with Providence, where the back check and he he basically created the opportunity, and that was really cool to see. It was it was nice to see him do that because I know when he was in Providence his first year, I think it was he led the league in. Uh, shorthanded goals so he's kind of used to that and used to kind of doing that so it was nice to see that that's all i wanted to point out Hmm. well i I have a few more things to talk about uh with this game so you know uh this was a game that was uh we were still missing craig smith nick felino is on ir so um so we had jack studnika obviously he was centering the second line and we had oh curtis lazar returned so he could be on the fourth line for this game. Did he play on the fourth or the third line? He and Kuhlman sort of seemed to revolve between who was in which pair, which line. <laughs> it's Bruce Cassidy. He starts out with one thing. I, I took this directly from what the Bruins posted uh, before the game. So what it, the reality is, is that they switched between right wing on the third and fourth lines. We also saw... Chris Lick with McAvoy on the top line, uh, top pairing, and Forbert and Clifton on the third line. With the... Yeah, yeah, that was, that was so not, it, not good. This sort of highlights a big problem right now. Like, on the one hand, how can you not put the nuclear super weapon out there? Mm-hmm. Right? You look at their underlyings, there's, it is indefensible not to roll McAvoy Chris Lick as a pairing. Mm-hmm. Utterly indefensible. The problem is, is the other as the rest of the defensive group is um as a group not individuals necessarily is a uh, lacking with both of them on the top pair. Carlo does Carlo things, yes. Carlo hasn't had a stellar start to the season to be perfectly honest, but you know. But the bigger problem is this is that forboard and insert guy here on the right side of the bottom pairing is just not a good look. No. 
No. This team, <laughs> yeah, I, I thought this team badly needed a second line center. What they need is a fucking third third right D because like, mm. woof. That's looking like a problem. But also when your uh, your sticks go cold for whatever reason, that's a problem too. Oh, I yeah. mean, because, you know, if you can get 15 shots on goal, then why are you just getting one goal? Oh, I mean, it didn't help that in the second period that they the Bruins just like were like, ah, we're on the ice. They, they had two shots on goal. I mean, you're not going to get you're not getting anywhere. I mean, and again, they weren't playing awful, but anytime they got anything going, they're forced to the outside. And that was that. And again, like. This is exactly how to defend against this team. We've been seeing this for ye- for a couple of years now. Tampa and the Isles both figured that out. Yeah. And we're yep. seeing other other good teams teams with the ability to force this team to the margins because that's it's not easy to do, right? So now we're seeing good teams figure that out and uh, replicating, and it's the same problem. Yeah, and it also doesn't help that the Bruins were they were really sloppy in that game. There were a lot of offsides in that game. Marshy, who is not that guy. Just was called a couple, not called, but, you know, it's like he committed a couple of offsides in that game. So at shooting yourself in the foot with penalties, never a good look. Never a good look. So, it, you know. And the power play. Oh, my God. It's bad. I mean, yes. they're getting almost no opportunities because this team just simply doesn't get, doesn't draw penalties. And I don't fucking understand it. But dear fucking God, they're just out there playing grab ass. Maybe this whole uh, McAvoy on on the point thing is actually not going to work. Now, I do wonder why Mike Riley, who's probably the most offensively inclined of our defensemen, isn't getting more power play reps, but I'm not Cassidy. Okay, fine. (laughs) We've just got a lot of defensemen who are having slow starts. We've got a lot of players who are having slow starts, you know? So, like, maybe it will get better in time, but right now, after it was talked about in the preseason, like, and what we saw in the preseason, we're like, oh my god, this is going to be awesome. And then you have to get on the power play for that to work. So is it a matter of like we they you know you can practice it all you want but if you're not actually doing it in game. Well, know, that's true and with few opportunities a run of bad luck it tends to look much worse because you know that's just how percentages work, right? If you have smaller sample size you're you're more likely to have something that's not representative and I recognize that but oh in these two games, I will note that we played particularly good penalty-killing teams, especially the Canes. I, they, they, I think they all copied what the Bruins are doing on the PK. Like, you know what? That's really good. Let's start doing that. Well, that said, the power play is still struggling. I don't know why. Pasta's struggling. That's why. I mean, to be honest, we saw a lot of that last year. Mm-hmm. Like, it's weird. Like, he's got a, you know, a, a, an Ovechkin release. There's a posture knock spot. His, last year we saw people are, keeps are much better at preventing him from getting his one-timer off than, uh, than really makes that much sense to me. And maybe it's a bit too much. It kind of, in some ways, reminds you of Jeff Ward era power play. And if there's one game plan, cycle, 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 pasta, shoot. It used to be back in the Jeff Ward era. Cycle, 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 Chara slapper. Mm-hmm. Which didn't work ever. <laughs> so is is Bruce still doing the power play? Probably. Maybe he should have somebody else focus on the power play. <laughs> what one thing I have gathered in the NHL is you need to change up your power play every year because if you do the same thing you did the year before, coaches know how to defend against that. 
Mm-hmm. So even I know the power play last year wasn't as great as it was the year before that, but you have to and change it up. The, and at the time, we could just shrug that off as a well, they lost Tori Krug, right? Mm-hmm. But now it's worse than it was last year. Again, small sample size, but that's different. That's alarming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, I do want to talk more about the power play in a little bit because if you remember from our, uh, my notes, I wrote. I have a a new segment Mm. that we will talk about this a little bit more in. But anyway, all right, let's, I just want to say a couple of things about Florida. It's obvious in the last couple of years, because we've not, uh, the Bruins have not seen them since 2020, early 2020, before the pandemic started, which was the 2019, 2020 season. They have done a lot. I thought when they gave away Vincent Trocek that they were going to start getting worse for some reason, but then they got better. That team is well, very... Well, now sad. they've added, you know, Sam Bennett, who apparently isn't the fourth liner he looked like in, Cal- in, in, in Calgary, and they have Sam Reinhardt because they just, you know, gather all the Sams. I, I think you need competition in your division and i think you need different competition in your division so kudos to florida for working on that they you know florida as a market they need to have a winning team because that even as good as they are that those they're not selling out that's one thing but i i just want to say anthony duclair has been from team to team to team to team and it seems like he might have found a place in in florida because he you know he signed a new contract he's there he's off He's on fire, on fire this season, right? He has scored two goals against the Bruins in two games. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say good for him. I'm glad that he's found a place that works for him because I think that if we want to make the game a better game, we need to have everybody involved. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's good to see a player who just didn't work out in other players, like he'd start uh, other um, teams. He'd start off really well then he'd have some problems. So good for him. It seems to be working as they're using him in Florida. Now, another thing I wanted to point out about Florida is... This is the Quinnifil thing? I was just going to say, he was behind the bench for that game. We will get more on that later, but that was disappointing to me. Like I said, we'll get into that later. All right, let's move on to the Canes. Now we have somebody who was uh, there. Oh, excited. Who went to the game with his girlfriend who yes. also enjoys the Bruins. Yeah, I think that's not the way. Really... Nick, which, uh, which, which, which jersey did you go with? So I actually didn't. I'm, I'm going to be disappointed, aren't I? Yeah, I went <laughs> with the, the Martian knockoff because someone appealed to my emotional side. And I'm a very emotional person. You is. Uh, I forget which Twitter uh, was handle. it. Uh, was it? Uh, I'm a mountain girl. Yes, yes. Um, she said, "Where the knockoff jersey was a jersey purchased uh, for me for my birthday from a friend of mine." And she said, "Nick, you gotta wear that jersey. Your friend will be so happy." I'm like, you know what? Heartstrings. They've been pulled. Very hard. It's I'm a green mountain girl, and uh, at Debbie Ram. There yes. we go. So. Uh, I assume her name is Debbie. So uh, Debbie pulled my heartstrings, and it was a fine jersey to wear. Um, I, no one said anything about it, and it was a very. It kept me warm. 
Uh, mm-hmm. The rink is kind of chilly, and it was very cold and rainy after the game. See, there you go. Yeah, there you go. But that was also my first NHL game since the 2019 Winter Classic. Wow, wow! It's amazing to think about how much time has passed with mm-hmm. our inability to really go anywhere and do anything. Mm-hmm. And of course, I was in school, so. Uh, and working so oftentimes when the Bruins were playing in Carolina it's like well I have class so can't skip that right but they're only playing there they were only playing there once this year and you took that opportunity yeah I had to do it I'm glad I went I'm was not pleased with the outcome uh despite the Bruins playing very well I you do you did get the sense them being down one nothing after the first period and this thing probably gonna go the Bruins way because Freddie was playing extremely well, Freddie Anderson, who I did mm. not think could play well anymore. Uh, side note, I thought the uh, All or Nothing series painted Freddie in a bad light, mm. uh, made him kind of look like uh, uh, I don't know, very uh, a very moody guy. Uh, he was injured most of last season. That's not yeah. fucking fair. Um, hindsight, twenty twenty. It, I think it was the Leafs management. Uh, now they look like the bad guys. Now I kind of view it as, oh, Leafs management, uh, especially was it Keith, Chief Keith? Mm-hmm. He wanted he wanted to know when Anderson was back, and the staff and the goaltending coach just like, I don't know. It's kind of up to him. He's injured, but it's not a bad injury. It's something he's got to recover from. Keith didn't like that answer, so I am glad uh, Freddie got out of Toronto. Um, and not Port Morazic is in is in Toronto, but oh well. And, and interestingly for Freddie for Freddie Anderson is the first time he was drafted because of course he uh, went unsigned and re-entered was by the Canes. Oh, um, yeah. I, the Anaheim drafted him as a re-entry. Hmm. Wow! So it's like come for full circle. Any toxic environment that you're in can make you feel less than yourself, mm-hmm. right? So he needed a chain of change of scenery, and reportedly they love him down there. Oh, you know, it's very clear that they are a huge, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so good for him. You know, I he wasn't a bad goalie in Anaheim. He was a great goalie in Anaheim, right? He looked terrible in in Toronto, not during the regular season, but during the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and you know, Ben was talking about the All or Nothing series, and he said, "There's no leadership." in that team. There's just no leadership, no on ice leadership mm. at all uh, among all of their top played players, uh, top paid players, no leadership. It's so. interesting because Tavares had a reputation as being a solid leader before being there. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think it's because uh, Matthews doesn't wear suits before games anymore. That's why they're doing poorly. <laughs> Incidentally, on the matter of leadership, I feel like that's, again, foreshadowing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes. Okay. Yes, it is foreshadowing. But we're not calling this episode this because we already did that once. (laughs) All right. Let's let's talk. Yeah. I I wear suits now. I'm I'm scoring goals left and right. See, there you go. Yeah. There you go. I mean, you don't. Look, the thing about Austin Matthews that really gets me is like, look, I don't I don't really care what you wear 
to the game, but don't look like you picked out stuff from a, a lost and found. Oh, I, I care well, deeply just it, what he wears. And so they, again, I still hung up by that one like game again, like in the it was it wasn't like obviously in the pre games he wasn't wearing a suit, but some years ago one of the bosses at Boston Toronto series and like some footage of, of Matthews during the day genuinely looked like he got mugged by a middle school lost and found bin. <laughs> <laughs> and was there some ridiculous thing that they were making fun of his man purse or something? I'm like, he has a bag. Who cares? Let's move on. <laughs> it's weird, but like, you know what? Fine. If he doesn't want to put shit in his pockets, okay. He can wear slightly looser pants and have plenty of pocket space, but you know what? That's not what he wants to do. Okay. But at least look like, but again, look like you didn't get run over by a linens and things truck. Please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, rest, rest in peace, linens and things. Bags are handy. I, I carry my messenger bag all the time. And like, even if I like go in somewhere, just so I can just put everything in there. It's, it's so much easier than just having, but I love, I, I've been doing that for a few years now. Just carry my messenger bag everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. My, my bag, do not call it a purse, please. It's a, a it's, it's a small, I guess you would call it a purse, but don't call it a purse for me. I, I, that just, I don't like that. Uh, it is a messenger style bag and that it goes across my body. Uh, and it does have a flap, but not over the top. And anyway, it is small, but it, I can carry everything I need in that thing. So that's great to me. I'm a big fan of bags. If you need to carry your shit around, use a bag. There we go. Um, and, you know, hockey players have such hard times just getting pants to fit them because of their legs, you know. So it's like I can understand if you don't have the pocket space or don't want to use the pocket space because everything fits tighter that way. Whatever. I'm not going to make fun of his bag. But that mustache is awful. <laughs> oh, so bad. Uh, okay, so let's get back to the canes. All right. My main problem with this this one is that the the um the guy who scored the first goal for the Canes is a douchebag, and we all know it. Mm -hmm. uh, oh right, I forgot that he was. Goddamn, I forgot. Good, though he... it sucks that he's good. Like he's really good. I mean, remember the year before he got cut by the Rangers? He put up an obscene number of goals from for a defenseman, mm -hmm. like. Yeah, but he wasn't good in the defensive side of the ice. <laughs> no, Fourth but he's also not... hired to replace Dougie. So, like, being good defensively is not really what he's there for. True, true. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, I'm wearing the Dougie jersey that you gave me because, like, I reached into the pile. There was, like, three um, three jerseys, and it was on the bin. Like, oh, it's the Hamilton one. I forgot I even had this. Okay, sure, why not? I thought I was grabbing the, the Krug one, but cool. <laughs> we'll, we'll get you a new one. We'll get you a new one, Jeff. <laughs> Um, well, maybe a McAvoy one since like we know he's going to be there for a while now <laughs> yeah that one will be good for a long time you know I, I think he's just got a player like, apart from my Bergeron jersey which is in the process of disintegrating um, I, I, my jerseys are all guys who uh, did not stick around because like somewhere I also still have a, a Luch jersey but I hate that jersey because it's the men in black jersey logo and I hate that logo so fucking much as a, as a chest crest <laughs> well it's the wrong for it um <laughs> i'm a fan of buying as many jerseys as you want to have because like they play three games a week and you can wear those you know three to four games a week 
sometimes it seems like all all days of the week they play. But anyway, I you know, I want to get a Swayman one. I wanted to get it, but I never, I can't time it right now. Every time, well, the two times I've gone to a game, I have not been able to, to time it so I can get into the shop. So we'll see. Maybe I'll order it. I don't know. Um, I saw a Swayman jersey at the Canes game. Oh, Swayman. Oh, he's, Someone's he's so someone committing early there before yeah. buying a jersey, huh? <laughs> um, and if any of our listeners are familiar with the hockey dude, uh, he's a hockey YouTuber known for his jersey collection. Uh, he also has a Swayman jersey. Hmm, interesting. So, and that, but that was kind of a big deal. It's like, whoa, he bought a Swayman jersey already. Yeah. Last night I wore a double Carlo combo. Oh. Carlo jersey and or Carlo jersey. I mean, the Carlo jersey is the one that I just wear most of the time. So maybe I need another jersey. I don't know. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Let's get back to this Canes game. First of all, yeah, that first game, uh, that first goal by the Canes was from D'Angelo. From Skedge. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to say it that way. I know it's Shay. An but... S and a K and a J and I. <laughs> That's a nope. <laughs> and Vincent Trocek. So I just, every time I see Shay's name, I'm just like, I, I think of two things. I'm like, one, I think of the uh, Saturday Night Live skit. Excuse me. Two, I think, actually, I think of three, three things. I think of my husband going, Skedge. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's clearly his name is Skedge. <laughs> so that's how we say it in our house. And three, there's one time I said Brady Shea. Jeff goes, that's not how you say that. <laughs> that's clearly not how you say that. <laughs> you said that on this podcast. I don't know. I, which I know I did. I, I have a better command of how S and J's make them I mean, do, do weird things in Norwegian now. Um, <laughs> 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 that combination, like I am. <laughs> I would not have picked that at all. So yeah, that's I. I, I usually like those those uh, languages, but I I did not know how that was. But anyway. Second, uh, the second period was when Kane scored their second goal. I mean, it's really just each period they scored a goal, you know, but, oh, but, uh, oh God, who was the goalie in this one? I did not write that down. Was it, it was uh, Swayman, wasn't it? Swayman started against the Canes. Yeah. Yeah. And he so, can't really hold any of those goals against him because both goals when he was in net were really fucking weird deflections. You have a, a butt goal. Um, and then the, the strangest deflection I've ever seen that second goal. I, I think it was a pass to, I don't know, it was on the power play. I forget uh, who, which, which Kane was streaking down the center, but it was well defended. Just but, went off forward skirt, yeah. skate, right? But I've never seen a puck shoot that quickly, that fast, that accurately, center of the dots into the goal. Like, like we see that, you know, with their tumbling in the paint um, or right in front of the, the crease. Between the dots, it went in and, I mean, the crowd reacted. But then when we, everyone went to watch the replay, and I, you kind of heard people going, you heard a, huh? Like, you heard people question <laughs> how it went in. And I was there, and I'm like, and I saw it happen. I'm like, it, oh, like I, it took me three times. 
to figure it out. Flubber. The flubber puck. <laughs> the flubber. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Freddie Anderson got a, a secondary assist on that one. Um, you know, it was Nieder Rider, who I like to call the low rider. Mm. Neener, Neener, Neener. Uh, you know, Jack, Jack and Brick were really struggling with Nieder Rider that night. They kept calling Nieder Meyer. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I can, I can get that. They'd catch themselves and correct themselves, and 10, 15 seconds later, both of them would do it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I can understand that. Um, uh, Although, the, Jack keeps saying, he's like, no, no, need a rider. I'm, I'm Swiss forward, not not defenseman from Anaheim. It's like, yes, because everyone remembers Niedermeyer for his three years in Anaheim at the end of his career. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I okay. I love Nino Niederreiter for the fact that his name really does mean low rider. Okay, Nieder uh, means low, Reiter means a rider. Oh, so low rider. That's really uh, cool. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I that's how I remember it. Um, you know, I don't like it when he scores against us, but I I don't have any problem with him. Uh, so, uh, yeah. And then, uh, the third period, Svechnikov was an empty net, wasn't it? Yeah, it was an empty yes, net. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, and Swayman actually looked good for the most of the game. It's just that that didn't go right. It's what it is. No, and, and, you know, the two teams were pretty evenly matched on shots on goal. It was a good game. It just was not the result we wanted. Actually, uh, Bruins had nine shots on Carolina. Oh, outshot them by nine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. The Bruins weren't crazily outshooting them. I guess right, nine right. shots are pretty good, you know. So, you know, uh, this one we saw, let's see. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Lazar was officially in the third line for whatever that means. Uh, Zaboral was in instead of Clifton. And didn't he per- embarrass himself, which is really all we can ever ask from Zabora all these days, and better than Clifton the day before, because Clifton did, in fact, embarrass himself the day before. Yeah, and uh, Grislick was paired with Carlo, but I kept seeing Riley up there with Carlo, so that was weird, but and Forbert was up there with, uh, with uh, what's his name, McAvoy. Connor Clifton was out because Zabora had uh, worked hard, and, and uh, Bruce wanted to give him a chance, and plus, that third pairing has been a tough tough thing lately so i had to watch the canes broadcast uh because i went down to philly and Mm. uh i could not convince my roku box to change my where i was but also it wouldn't play any of the games for whatever reason so note to self the roku box uh i can't really watch games on it but i i just pulled it up on my phone it's fine so uh all they wanted to know was where I was. And I was like, oh, I'm in Philly. So I can watch either broadcast. Uh, the New England one, uh, the Nesson broadcast wasn't coming in for some reason. I was having problems with it. Plus, Jack's watching the same feed that I am. Mm. I'm not going to get anything <laughs> special from what Jack says. He's not there. It's true. You know, that makes a difference because like you, they do watch monitors and stuff, but they can see the whole ice. So they can see things that we don't see. You know, the monitors just for clarity, basically. So I, I watched the Canes announcers. And this these are some of the uh, things I want to tell you. The Canes announcer said that the Bruins have been the toughest matchup 
that the Canes have faced so far this season. Uh, the Bruins only technically lost by two goals because empty netters they count. Empty but, netters aren't re- they're not real. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> but it's disturbing that the Bruins can't come back from a two nothing deficit right now. It's early in the season. They'll figure this out, and if they don't figure it out, they'll be in trouble. The Canes announcers have no idea what interference is. No. Oh they my don't. god. Neither do Canes fans. Because it's like any time a Bruins player approached uh, a Canes player and hit him, right? The guy has a puck. The Bruins hit him. That's interference. I'm like, nope, that is not. You know, I mean, like, I understand, like, okay, they went from having one of the best play-by-play guys in the league to having insert dude here with the uh, exit of Forslund. But <laughs> the, 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 the play-by-play guy who's doing it, he has no idea what interference is. Uh, I can tell you that. Because everything he he called interference on five separate plays. I'm like, that's not interference. I didn't understand interference for the longest time because I'm used to football, and interference is a very different thing in football. You know, because in football, it's like if you have a player who is about to get the ball and you do something, you know, that's a foul. When you have a puck and some guy hits you, and you don't have the puck anymore. That's not interference. <laughs> That's just making a play. I don't understand why more players don't make a play on the body of a guy who's carrying the puck. I mean, it's better to do it with a stick. I get it. But sometimes you have to play the body. Anyway. Ask Jake Gardner about playing the body. <laughs> Ask who? Jake Gardner about playing the body. <laughs> um. Okay, uh, so what I noticed again was it what Jeff said. Canes are really great at just getting bodies in between where the Bruins want to go, you know? And, uh, oh, yeah, and then Jordan Stahl was like, he's like, I fucking hate Burry all night long, you know? These are my observations. They're not very interesting. I'm sorry, guys. Um, I thought I thought I did pretty well after driving seven hours that day. <laughs> um, Jordan Stahl also uh, had a boarding call on McAvoy, which was the most predictable thing. I, I was sitting with my friends. Uh, well, actually, I say my friends. I'm like, actually, it was my girlfriend and my family. And we, we saw McAvoy in the corner. I'm like, watch this. Jordan Stahl is going to board him because he's still angry from when his soul was uh, dispersed from a uh, McAvoy check in 2020. And then that's exactly what happened. Um, Kane's fans uh, started uh, chirping McAvoy, for at least where I was sitting. But I'm like, oh, that's boarding. And McAvoy did get up. Good for him. I'm glad that he's not hurt. Because that would really, really yeah. suck. I mean, for him and for the team. Charlie's a big boy, though. Whew. I have questions. That's my new thing. I have questions. All right. The first one we've kind of answered, but um, we'll go over it again. What is going on with this power play? It's supposed to be good. It's not so good. Uh, it helps if you get on the power play, but you got to be able to do something with the with that. So a couple thoughts. I don't think Hall's well suited for net front. Yep. I can see that. You have to be a lot more... In the goalie's face, and also um, 
you have to be uh, a little more like oriented so that you can get that uh, get the puck in quickly. Like I would, if you if you want to keep with this five man unit, I would reverse Marshawn and Hall. Put put Hall on the half wall and Marshawn in the front. They've done Marshawn in that front before, like in the playoffs last year, and it's pretty effective. Anytime you get Marshawn like down a, by the net, it you good results happen. The well, and the thing about that is, you know what? You know, what? part of being net front is being fucking annoying. You know who's fucking annoying? No, <laughs> Brad Marshan, <laughs> fucking annoying. The guy that they call uh, a nose face killer and a rat and a pest. He's annoying. I think that'd be a fantastic switch. Well, because Hall's a passer before a shooter. Mm-hmm. Half wall is a place you want a passer, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like it just makes sense to me. Like if you, if you want to keep that five man unit, which I have questions about it as a unit to begin with, but if you're going to keep that group, switch the two of them around. Mm-hmm. Like we know the defensemen and uh, and, and Pasta are going to be your points. You know, Bergie's going to be Bergie's going to be is going to be bumper. Switch those two. Give it a shot. Now I I do know you said if you want to keep that five man unit. So I know that's the big if. You sounds like you want to probably mix. I have. Up, which I I would, st- I've always had mixed feelings yeah. about completely disarming your second unit. I agree with you. The only disadvantage of moving Marshy to the net front um, is where Marshy is. He has the ability to pass and score from that position. May, I, uh, we don't know if Hall can. I have, my guess is yes, because Hall's really good. Yeah. But like, uh, if you... Most of Hall's goals, if we're talking about if he can shoot and score from there, are from a, a distance away. Yeah, he, he's a he's he's a skill shooter. He, he's a distance shooter and and a passer. Why he's at the net front, I don't understand. Hmm. He's he's get big. I don't know. But like, so I know, like obviously, like Bruce is clearly unwilling. He's clearly reluctant to say run DeBrusque back at net front. After how he after he lost the, that 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 privilege last season, DeBrus is playing better. He's had success there before. Ooh, I will and say. then you put Hall back on. Then you put Hall on your second on your um uh, your uh your second unit. So you end up with uh you know end up with, with your whole second line on the second unit plus one or two defensemen, right? I mean, there's also always the possibility when he's healthy again putting Felino there. I just don't see it being working though. Again, it all depends on the philosophy wants to one wants to take on net front. I think I, I think Felino would be better at net front than Taylor Hall. Because I, I agree. I, I, I think he's just scrappier and he's he makes up the it's a, it doesn't fit Taylor Hall's skill set. No, no. It's, it's it's a poor use of his strength. The other question is, does McAvoy on the first unit actually make sense? The fact that he's a right shot defenseman seems to be a relevant factor. Is it effect? It breaks up. It breaks up the way that they they've structured their cycle. So, so basically, are you suggesting putting Riley there, or is it I'm Riley who's on the I second would, unit? Yeah, Riley and Grizz have both okay. been on the second unit most of the okay. time. All right. I would seriously cons- well. So Riley's never had a good boo. It, honestly, honestly, hasn't even had that much on the second on the second grouping either, right? That's a recent. That's a, a recent thing. Like last year after the trade deadline, he wasn't getting on second unit either. I'd try. I would try Riley on the first unit. He is definitely the most defensively inclined of the tri- of of the three um, uh, plausible candidates. 
It's five eight nine. Also, it's early in the season. This is the time when you can, like, just experiment with things. See how, see what works. See what doesn't. Like, he's got I a think... good shot that gets through too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily go in, but it gets through traffic, right? At least it gets to the goalie. He's also <laughs> not afraid to take shots either. So. Yeah. Some it, people, it, Charlie gets a little choked up sometimes, doesn't make the shot that he should. Yeah. And if, you, if you're getting people in front of the goalie and you get a shot off, anything can happen. We've seen insane deflections happen before. I mean, it's, it's all, all you need is a shot. That's all you need. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's a quote somewhere out there about how 100% of the shots that you don't make. You miss 100% of the shots oh, yeah. you don't take. Yeah, I think it's by Wayne Michael Gretzky, Scott. Michael Scott. Uh, right, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Craig Smith said something kind of like in that, in that realm yesterday. Oh, my God. Um, it, it's so great to have him back to just be like, shot, 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 shots. That should be his theme song. Like when they do the Bruins beat thing, that should be his song. <laughs> All right. So come on, power play. First of all, get on the power play. Secondly, score on the power play. Gesundheit. Okay. Uh, are the Bruins struggling because of injury? Um, because Felino I mean, and Smith were out at that point when I wrote this question. So, uh, because, you know, Felino is supposed to be like the, the right wing on the third line. And so far we have Lazar and we've had Kuhlman and, you know, it's like Kuhlman's all over the ice. Uh, so that's good. And Lazar is last night. I really loved Lazar just getting in Gudis's face. That was fun. Uh, <laughs> there was a fun little shot in, in, I, I mean, like, Lazar's thing from when he was a rookie was 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 the was the sheer it was the sheer like number of fucks he doesn't give right yeah. and so when he's not getting any fucks is when he's excelling. <laughs> oh man, they had like a little shot of him like skating away from Gudis uh, last night in in the in the game, um, you know, on the jumbotron, and Gudis's face was just like, "I'm gonna fucking kill you," and Lazar's like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I would be concerned about Gudis killing me. Like, if there's a guy in the league, I'd be worried about. Okay, this person might actually rip my sternum out of my chest. Gudis is high on that list, but <laughs> well, you know, all the dirty hits that he likes to make, you know, even against his own players. Yeah, of course you would feel that way. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, but if you if you give zero fucks, you give zero fucks. Right, right. So, is this is this an injury problem, or is it just? shaking out the shit in the beginning of the season i mean yes I think the answer is yes yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> again you're missing you're missing your middle six right wings and like you know again carson coolman god love him but like he's always out there he's always busting ash and trying but kind of like Car- connor clifton he just ain't it no yeah okay. and love him for trying love him for trying he's always in there in the mix accomplishing almost nothing mm. <laughs> right Right. The follow-up to that question is, will this continue to be a problem or is it a lack of crazy in our life? Also, I don't think so. And yes, respectively. So coil has been better than I expected. Um, Yes. Agreed. (laughs) But now the issue is the third line uh, I, I don't like Hala 
as, as a third line center. Um, and whatever the rolling at right wing on the third line is bad. It's actually my old boy of Brusque, is, uh, <laughs> or from Brusque, if you if you like. He's the star of the third line, which isn't necessarily a good thing. I'd say Howla is also very much snake bitten. He's just he's getting shots, he's getting opportunities, and they're just not going in. Mm. I Howla looks so good in the preseason. I would hate for this to be like he was playing against inferior uh, players, and that's why he looks so good. But he was like getting he was. He, I mean, he he's got a lot of motor. I just wish that he had finish. Seen seven seven games played, one assist. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? I mean, if we can jumpstart, this team isn't actually a fire wagon, though. Oh no. Um, and if you look at the Bruins, I guess if not so much their goals allowed, but their shots per game, the Bruins shots allowed per game, the Bruins are well. Uh, so you have a, it, it, it's not, I, I still don't know what this team is. Are, are they good? Are they bad? Or are they in between? I really have no clue. I think they're good, and I think that they haven't reached their potential. That's it. By the way, if you want an update on David Krejci, uh, he has played 16 games, has nine goals, seven assists for 16 points. I wonder if maybe you switch Howla with Nosek, because Nosek's playing pretty well, and see how that works. Oh, man, I got to tell you, I do love watching Nosek. He's yeah. up and down that ice. He oh, is... yeah. He's, he's just a maniac. Yeah. I, I love Noshek a lot. He's, he's played really well. He's playing like he's got nothing left to lose. Love it. Love it. I mean, let's keep it going. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Obviously, I'm not hitting a panic button. It's oh, just no. like things that we need to talk about as the season progresses. You know, the team is, I don't feel like it's living up to its potential. I think it can be better, you know. Um, I do know one thing. I am a good luck charm. I've been to two games, and they have won both games. So there's um, that. So what you're saying is you need season tickets. <laughs> I do. <laughs> if someone could just make that happen. Like, this is not the first time this has happened. I've been very good at, at the games um, so, and making them win. So um, well, I think, likewise, I think my girlfriend's a bad luck charm because every Bruins game she's attended, she has attended, they've lost. Every game she has watched this year, they've lost. Every hockey game that she's att- every um, she also occasionally goes to my games. Every time she's been, we've lost. So, Anna, my dear, stop, stop, stop supporting the Bruins and, and me, please. <laughs> I'm glad that's where it went. I'm glad that's where it went because I was you, uh, like, no, don't break you, you, up. You with have me. that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you, you know what? As, a woman, as, as a woman, I'm going to suggest that you have this conversation in your head. Okay. And, okay. And that it does not go outside of your head. I'm glad this isn't recorded. I mean, it's down the record. <laughs> <laughs> and she definitely won't listen to it. Because <laughs> she's not supportive of it all. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm going to tell you very 
honestly, my husband does not listen to our our um, recorded chaos. He he just can't take it. It's it's for a very specific group of people who are very special and lovely. They get it and they enjoy it. And uh, the others, well, it's not for them. It's okay. Last question. How dare they? I don't know. I was having a oh, Kelly Kapoor moment. Yes, I know. I was having a Kelly Kapoor moment myself. And I was like, how dare they? Um, yeah, so uh, we don't have to answer that one. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Let's 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 uh, switch gears a little bit. Yeah. And let's talk about some Bruins specific news and we'll get into some other news. Um, so, uh, Nick Foligno, our candy corn ambassador, whose birthday is today. He is a Halloween baby. Oh, oh, okay. Oh. Now I understand. He, it's, 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 he, he doesn't choose to like candy corn. The candy corn chose him. Okay. I understand now. From what I understand. Like otherwise... <laughs> yes. From what I understand, his mother puts the, uh, candy corn in either her breast milk or the formula he took. I don't know. I'm not judging either one. And that's, that's how he is. No, uh, he, he's born on Halloween. He loves candy corn. Good for him. Uh, I have to say, I'm kind of like Brandon Carlo. I'm a little bit on the fence. I will try some candy corn. I don't necessarily like it or love it, but I, I will eat it from time to time. The marshmallow pu- pumpkins candle are much wax better. And I, it's candle wax and icing sugar. Like, eh. Yeah, I don't like things that are just sweet. I like sweet with a flavor. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, there's no flavor. So, so I'll excuse candy corn because you know what? Fucking little candy pumpkins exist, and that's too entirely too big. Yeah, those mar- those marsh those marshmallow pumpkins are where it's at. No, I'm not. No, no. I'm saying they're those the same shit as candy good. corns. The pumpkins that are like the size of three candy corns. Yeah. Yeah. Bad. That's a bad thing because, like, that's entirely too much of this horse uh, of this waxy horseshit. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I can't also too much of this waxy horseshit. But anyway, <laughs> I also the Indian corn candy corn is the better candy corn. Yeah, at least it has a little bit of cocoa flavor to it, so that's the one I prefer. But anyway, Nick Foligno, our candy corn ambassador, born on this Halloween day—not this day, but you know, some time ago. Uh, 34 years ago, probably. Yes. Okay. There we go. He's on IR, man. Yeah. You know, with an unspecified upper body injury, which was more described more as a tweak, not a head injury. So like uh, something shoulder, neck, something like that then. Yeah. Head, shoulder. Hopefully it's not something horrifying. Hopefully it's not something horrifying like, like Ma- Anaheim's Max Jones, who's out for the rest of the season after tearing one of his pecs. Ow. Noel Achari tore a pectoral muscle and had surgery. Um, and they don't know when he's coming back. And it was Pat Maroon in a preseason game that caused that injury. So fuck that guy. Of course it was of course it was fucking Pat Maroon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh fuck you, Pat Maroon, because I didn't yeah. get to see Noel Achari last night. Yeah, Pat. Yeah. Uh, so Curtis Lazar is back from whatever injury that was that he had. It was an elbow injury. Yeah, yeah. Which like was the weirdest thing. He could have had surgery and been back for the playoffs or come back after a week. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like, none of that makes any fucking sense to me. <laughs> no. Like, did he, did he, like, like, part of me honestly wondered if he needed Tommy John surgery. Like, did uh-huh. he tear his UCL? Like, like that, because, like, I mean, he doesn't have to throw anything, so there is that. But I can't imagine so, shooting with a like shooting or anything like that is comfortable with a torn UCL. I wonder if it was he, something he, like it, bursitis. No, apparently it bent in a way it's not supposed to. It wasn't clear if it was a hyperextension or, God forbid, it was a side-to-side bend. But I'm Ooh. guessing if it was a side-to-side bend, he would not be back. Mm. So my assumption is it was a hyperextension. So a side-to-side bend is a dislocation. I have to yeah, imagine. So, oh, as, so, as I said, said it out loud, I realized there's no way it was a side-to-side. My guess yeah. is it was a hyperextension on his comments. A, a Bucks corner dislocated his elbow game one of the season this year, and it was the grossest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It was so gross, seeing the arm bend like that. Yeah, um, whenever I'm warned about those things, I never watch them, because I'm just like, no. I, when I was younger, I had a fascination. I wanted to see this. And now as... Uh, a fully formed adult? Is that what I'm calling myself now? <laughs> That's uh, uh, an old lady? I don't know what I'm calling myself these days, but I, I don't want to see that. Like, no, no, no. So I'm glad he's better. He's back. Uh, Craig Smith had some lingering injury. Uh, I suspect it was like a groin or something. He's back-ish. Because as as uh, Jeff said earlier, he was he was not practicing today, which could be maintenance. The comments on on some of the beat writers was that it wasn't a big deal that he was that he wasn't practicing today. So yeah, I'm I'm not worried. Um, I wonder how how much practice really factors into things when you've been in the league for so long. But I'm not going to say that's Brad Marchand because he is the hardest practicer there is. So good for him. Keep working your ass off, Marcy. I love you. Uh, so, and then Jack Studnika was was called up. So was Oscar Steen. But Studnika, everybody was happy. Hey. Yeah, I mean, happy-ish because it's like, yeah, you want to see him, but uh, boo for why he was called up. Yeah. Well, and uh, like he played really well to start the Florida game, and then his minutes just cratered once things went sideways. Yeah. Well. So they definitely don't trust them in those. Well, and there's the thing is like, and I've seen like, you know, I'm Ty Anderson's written this as well. It's like the only way you're going to find out if he can be this is give him some rope. And now early in the season is the time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, I don't understand why they don't give him a little bit more because it's like, it's not like this is his first time in an NHL game. And it's also, it's also the last year of his ELC, so you got to start figuring out what he is now. Like, if nothing else, like if nothing else, like if he's the currency in acquiring hurdle at the deadline or something, mm-hmm. you need to like demonstrate that he has any value at the NHL level for that to work. Yeah, yeah, and you're not going to undermine his confidence at this point. Kid's pretty confident. You know, I don't think it's a, a mental thing. I just I feel like yeah, you're just holding back. Don't hold back. Holding back doesn't really help anybody. So, and let's face it: if he gets if he establishes if if he gets the rope and establishes himself in that position, they got some interesting options in the bottom six if Sudnika manages to actually establish himself in that in that center position, right? 
right like really interesting choices they could make so please like figure this out <laughs> all right why don't we talk about the schedule for the next couple of weeks jeff okay so um the Bruins are off. They're currently in the midst of another unnecessarily extended um, uh, um, time off just so they can get their asses handed to them in March and April. But um, so the first game of the next two weeks is on this coming Thursday, 7 p.m. at the Garden versus Detroit. Ooh. It'll be an interesting game. Detroit's been unexpectedly decent. So, like, actually, like, I'm kind of interested to see this game. Yeah, it's definitely um, not going to be that 8-2 to two route that we saw a couple of years ago. <laughs> no. No, doubtful. Um, follow that up on uh, Saturday the 6th in Toronto against the Leafs. Ooh, boy, I can't wait. We are definitely watching and talking about that one, guys. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are. Then on the 9th, so following Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern time in the at the Garden against Ottawa. We're not talking about that one. Absolutely not. No. And then two days later, still at home because we did a little bit of a homestand there against Edmonton. So Connor McDavid, fun to watch, not fun yeah. to play. Yeah. And... Okay. Yeah. All right. And then we close out the uh, the two week cycle there on the 13th, 1 p.m. Eastern time. So a huge Manatee game against all oh, the Devils. Oh. We're not talking about that one because you don't want to talk about that, We will that, not right? be talking about that game. And I'll talk, I'll mention it now, even though, of course, it'll happen after our next recording uh, on the 14th, the next day, 7 p.m. Eastern time at home against Montreal. Ooh, we'll another one. Oh! On next episode, but we will be talking about it on the episode after that. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely. That is a definite must watch. I mean, even though the Habs are awful and they deserve to be. Fuck them. Fuck them twice. But we, we will talk about that because we love rivalries. Real of course, we won't rivalry. be talking oh, about no. that game until the... We won't be talking to the, about that game till the end of November, but... That's okay. People will want to hear us talk about how much everybody hates the Habs, so... Okay, so listeners, know that we are watching and talking about that Leafs game, so there's going to be one other game that you get to choose from. Either the Red Wings... Either Detroit or Edmonton. Or Edmonton. Oh, those are good choices. I think that's going to be honestly be like I don't. I, I, I'm on board with you. Tell y'all telling us to watch either one of them. Same. Yeah, like I'm okay with. I, I'm one of them is just like well, I mean, you know, Oilers are generally speaking appointment television, and I'm just intrigued by by Detroit right now. Yeah. No, I I have I've been hearing good things about the Detroit. Uh, so I'm ready to see it. I'm not filled with dread. Uh, most of the time, they're, they're not a good. They're not a good team yet, but they're interesting, which is more um, than they can be saying in a while. <laughs> yeah, I knew that they were going to name Dylan Larkin captain last year when they did. Finally, I'm glad they did. I none of none of this like nonsense of not naming captains. So good for them. They got a captain finally. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the Red Wings or the Oilers. Um, I have not actually watched a lot of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, um, which is, I, I guess I'm missing something from my life, to tell you the truth. So I'm fine with either one. I mean, I'll probably watch them and whichever one we we're told to talk about, we will talk about it because we listen to you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Indeed. All right. 
Tim, I don't know if you have anything on what's going on with the P Bruins. Um, I actually do. So okay, I'm sorry we skipped over with the schedule, but let's talk about the P Bruins. Sure. Yeah. So um, I wish I had better news for everyone Uh-oh. because um, so they were in the middle of their second game of the year when we last recorded. Um, I ended up losing that game in a shootout, uh, four to three to Hartford, and ever since then. They are one, three, and one. So overall on the year in their first seven games, they're two, three, one, and one. For some reason um, in the AHL, they differentiate between an overtime loss and a shootout loss, even though it doesn't mean anything for points. They like to do that sometimes. So they're two, three, one, and one. Unfortunately, they've given up a ton of goals. In seven games, they've given up 24 goals. And they've only scored 15. So um, it's just not pretty right now is the best way to put it. This I was will... supposed to be a very good AHL team this year too, wasn't it? It was. And like that... it was, they were supposed to be good. Um, not only like offensively, but they were still supposed to be pretty good defensively despite not having, you know, Swayman back there like they did last year. But I will say there are some bright spots. So Oscar Steen has only played in four of their games because he did get called up to uh, Boston for a little bit. But in those four games, Steen has three goals and three assists. Wow. Play him more. So, yeah, he's he's looked really good. Um, Second on the team in points right now is uh, Jack Ashan. In seven games, he has one goal and four assists. He looks great. And um, beyond that, uh, Jesper Froden has two goals and two assists in seven games. And Lauko has a goal and three assists in seven games. So those are probably their top four guys right now. Um, I mean, John Moore's a point game. John Moore's a point to game in the AHL. Well, yeah, I guess he has a goal and two assists, but it's John Moore. So, like, I don't want to give people John Moore. Is what well, I'm saying. We know damn well that John Moore. We know damn well that John Moore is too good for the AHL. It's just like whether or not he's an NHL or is a different question altogether. <laughs> exactly. Right. And to kind of give an update on Kyle Kaiser, he's played in six of the games, and he's two, two, and two with a 902 save percentage and a 272 goals against which i mean isn't great but no. it's not awful but it, you 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 would like them to be better um so unfortunately the they're not they're not playing the best hockey right now but right they're 7th in the division and they're like 13th or 14th in the conference so it's not where you want to be but hopefully they can turn it around. It, it, mean, it's it's still early. I mean, but yeah, you don't want to dig too deep over. a hole. Yeah, it's there's it's a, there's a few great. things in there that are really bad signs. Um, going down the the uh, non league prospects list, the Bruins in the system list, the guys that aren't scoring. Sinitian's got one assist in seven games. Yeah, he doesn't. He's not looking great. He's um, Lyle, who's supposed to be, you know, one of the more intriguing defensive prospects in the same boat. 
And then, of course, Urho's in the same space. And in a great scene. Curtis Hall still, Curtis Hall's yet to score, and based on his performance in Yale, he should be doing better than that. Yep. I, I think Victor Lyle... Bergman hasn't played a game yet. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens when he does. Yeah, I'm excited to see him. I like I like Victor Berglund a lot. Um, I think Lyle can turn it around. Lyle had a really good year last year. kind of burst on the scene a little bit. And I think he had like something like 7-7 seven and seven in 25 games. 7 goals, 7 assists in 25 games. So he kind of burst on the scene a little bit. But I think... I think they can turn around. They do have a couple games next weekend coming up. They play um, Wilkes. They play at Wilkesbury Scranton, uh, the Penguins, and they play at Hershey um, to play the Bears next weekend. So that's Friday and Saturday next weekend. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they turn around for those for those two games. Um, I don't know. They it, they they've. It's been tough, but there are bright spots. The one, the the person I'm most excited about is Jack Ashawn. He looks really good, not just offensively, but defensively as well. Oh, good, good. Well, let's hope that Pennsylvania would become Winsylvania for them. <laughs> let's hope. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of a pun. I th- I thought that was pretty good. I'll take it. Honestly. Yeah. See. All right. Well, thank you, I Tim. Yeah, you tried not to. The fact that I did, though. I chuckled. Doesn't mean I was proud of it, but I chuckled. He never wants to give me the win. Anyway, okay. All right. So I think with that, we should probably wrap things up. I got a dog who wants to go for a walk. That's going to be a familiar refrain. Uh, Boomer wants to go for a walk. Hey, Russ Hollowell did suggest that, you know, somebody could just walk up to my house and say, I'm here to take Boomer for a walk. And uh, and I would make some deal with them about which games they wanted to watch or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, yeah, somebody can come up to my house and walk my dog. That's fine. <laughs> okay, so listeners, you've been listening to Barely on Topic. You can find us everywhere <laughs> seriously wherever your favorite podcasts are found we're probably there um i'm not even gonna list them because it would just take too long um you can uh talk to us on facebook we're at barely on topic podcast and on twitter we're at barely on topic and then of course there's our individual twitter accounts uh, for one it's dr hand grenade i am at tim a richardson and nick is at nick baggio good good catch i, I was wondering if anybody was going to catch that tim caught it for mm-hmm. us, yes, because uh, I probably would have said something that was wrong anyway. And I am uh, at Boomer Wants to Go for a Walk org, also known as at VA from RI. Word.